you come into contact with so many ideas and concepts and you really are able to cultivate your own at the same time. And I just really love being able to talk about what I think is important while also seeing what that is for other people my age. Speech and Debate just gives us this platform to discuss important and engaging ideas that we don't really often get to explore in other areas of our lives. And I think it's just a really important activity for developing those skills intellectually and personally. At speech and debate award ceremonies across the nation, the one clap rule was established to expedite the process of awards, to show appreciation to students who earned a trip to the final stage, but avoid long blocks of applause for dozens of students. The one clap is both efficient and infectious. It is a unifier, a celebration of student success, and a moment of in sync speech and debate community. Welcome to One Clap, a speech and debate podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Wiley. Let's get started. Greetings and salutations, friends. Lyle here, and you're listening to the One Clap Podcast, a pod for speech and debate coaches and competitors from Wyoming or anywhere. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the One Clap Pod, I have a Hot Springs County High School graduate who actually just graduated today, Hannah Hu, a student I've been lucky enough to have as a student in my English class and a competitor on the speech and debate team over the last couple of years. Hannah is going to talk about platform events and lament the late arrival of her Animal Crossing Special Edition Switch. Um, But before we get to Hannah's interview, I have a small request for all those one clappers out there. Please consider leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts for the One Clap Pod. It'll help get the podcast out there so others can enjoy and benefit from all the smart coaches and competitors that I get a chance to talk with here on the podcast. The One Clap Pod does have a new review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much to Junebug the Pug 007 for the review, which I will now read as promised. Lyle Wiley is a gentleman and a scholar. Wyoming is very lucky to have him. This is an excellent podcast with a ton of great ideas and perspectives for any speech and debate coach. Junebug, you're too kind. Thank you so much for the review. So again, if you want to leave a review, I will try to read it on the pod. Uh, probably. So (laughs) please do consider leaving a review if you get a chance. Let's get back to our guest on today's podcast, Hannah Hu. So Hannah just graduated today. As I mentioned before, she's a brilliant student who earned a QuestBridge scholarship. So she's going to be attending Vassar College in New York this fall and probably studying Animal Crossing. If the Animal Crossing doctorate program is not quite established at this point, then Hannah will likely be doing something in media studies. So at the time of this interview, Hannah didn't know that she was going to be a two-time national qualifier. She didn't know that she had qualified in oratory for this year, and last year she went to the national tournament for informative. She also finished second at the state tournament in oratory, which hadn't happened at the point that we did this interview. Hannah came by the podcast mostly because her special edition Animal Crossing Switch was not yet here from Germany, so I took advantage of having this chance to talk to her, and we chatted about her speech and debate journey and explored platform events a bit as well. And you know what? Let's just get right to it. Here it is, my talk with Hannah Hu. Hi, Hannah. Hi. How are you doing? Great. Good, good. I'm great. This is super organic and this is natural. Amazing. <laughs> um, 
Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. The only reason why I get to talk to you today is because you have not received Animal Crossing yet in the mail. So That's correct. Thank yeah. goodness that the Germans are, is it the Germans? The Germans, the, yeah. The, the Germans are slow shipping the Switch with the Animal Crossing, or I never would have had the chance to interview you for the pod. Yeah, so, I will um, not be available past tomorrow. So. Uh, okay, good thing I snuck you in today. Right. You got so, lucky. On a scale of one to 10, how nerdy do you think you are, Hannah Who? So I would say that I'm a solid eight on the scale. Um, I'd say that I'm, I'm pretty nerdy. For one, I'm pretty awkward and school has always been one of the major focuses in my life. But even aside from that, I'm just nerdy about a lot of different things. Cause I, I just have like, I have a really addictive, obsessive personality. And so when I find anything that I like, I will, I will dedicate a lot of time and energy into learning everything about it and feeding that interest. I'm nerdy about like a lot of music, TV, internet stuff. I've, I've accumulated a lot of different interests over the years and I will like dedicate all of my time to it basically <laughs> when that happens. So it's more like a nerdy sort of trait than like yeah. specifically nerdy things because like your, your nerdy trait is that whatever the thing is that you get passionate about, you deep dive into it as hard as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, so. I'm nerdy in both the traditional sense and in the sense that like, I get really into stuff. Cool. Well, maybe you're higher than an eight then. I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I, I wanted to be kind of conservative on the actual number rating. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll say an eight for the There's got to be people who are above me. Probably. Maybe somebody out there. Tell me about your speech and debate journey. Like how did you get into this whole speech and debate universe? What brought you in? What made you stay? So I don't really think I knew what I was getting into when I decided I was going to do it. All I really knew about speech and debate was that my older brother Spencer did it when he was in high school. And there was a part of me that like wanted to carry that legacy. And the year that I joined, there were no upperclassmen besides one debater who left before we ever even competed. And so the team was just basically all of my friends and me who were freshmen and none of us knew what we were doing, which I think is like, it's a, it's a really beautiful start to our speech and debate story, I think, because we really built ourselves up from nothing. <laughs> It's pretty true. And you're a pretty dominant group now, so it's kind of a beautiful yeah. thing. So we what made you stick around? Like, why, why did you, I mean, what, what about this activity kept you? Well, I think, I think the fact that we were all doing it together really sort of like, we, we all banded together. It was like this one thing that all of us were just doing like as we entered this new stage in our lives. Um, and I think as soon as we started doing it, we were like, this is amazing. And we're like kind of good at it, even as freshmen who don't know what we're doing. Um, and like, I don't think our first tournament was successful. Like, I don't think any of us staged or anything, obviously. But we were like, we're not too bad. So, yeah, I think all of us naturally kind of possessed some sort of like aptitude for the activity. And so we, we really decided to stick with it. And I'm glad. I'm glad too. Yes. <laughs> Um, so what, <laughs> sorry, I thought you were going to go further with that. No. My bad. <laughs> Read your face completely wrong. I'm sorry. Um, so no, no, you're great. You're great. I'm terrible. Um, so what, <laughs> what events have you competed in over the years? Um, so I've done oratory every year and I've done, I did informative my sophomore year and my junior year. And I've competed, I competed in impromptu at one tournament and that's it. Um, I was always like really minimalistic about the events that I did because uh, one, I'm lazy but two, like, I really, I really do like the, like the two platform events. 
there's a part of me that regrets not branching out a little bit more because I definitely think it would have been good for me to debate or even do some sort of interp. But like, I'm happy with the events that I chose to do. Sure. Well, and you've always done really high quality, I think, speeches. All right. Yeah. Actually, both your informative and your oratory, you've had quite a bit of success in both of those events. So you want to talk about sort of a couple of the topics that you tried out in those speeches and which so, ones you thought were kind of successful and which ones you thought were kind of duds. And Yeah. So the first speech I ever did my freshman, my freshman year, my oratory was about like internet culture and content and how a lot of it was a uh, horrible drivel that was like destroying creativity of the younger generation. Um, and like, I think at the core of it, I agree with the message still for sure. Um, I've always kind of wanted to revisit that topic with like uh, a little bit more refinement than I had my as a freshman, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, like notably the main thing I remember was just me saying that I hate Cameron Dallas <laughs> uh, because I, th- I thought he was a stupid idiot. Um, and I still kind of do. More recently, my informative last year, which I think is probably the most notable speech I've done, is the only speech that I like it's the speech that I'm most proud of for sure, because like, yeah, I did go to nationals with it. Um, but it's also just the speech that I competed with for the longest period of time, but also never really grew to hate. Like I do pretty much all of my other speeches. Yes. And that speech was about beauty. Yeah. what, What was the angle that you took into beauty in that speech? So I took a look at beauty from a few different angles. Uh, I started out in the speech talking about it from an evolutionary perspective, like sort of more objectively. And then the the latter half of the speech is looking at beauty from a more philosophical angle. I talk about this Japanese philosophy called wabi-sabi, um, which is basically about like the beauty of mundaneness and just like beauty in everyday things and like the, the natural cycle of life and time. And that's, that's the part of the speech that I still think back on often. It's still something that I sort of carry with me in my day-to-day life. And yeah, it's still something that I'm proud of for sure now. You should be. That was a great speech. And <laughs> it was really fun to go to nationals and have you yeah. compete with that <laughs> speech. I, you definitely deserved that opportunity with that speech. If you were going to give some advice to people for um, these platform events, uh, do you have any advice that you'd like to give anybody, you know, picking topics or about being successful in the event? For sure. Picking a topic is the hardest part. And I, I don't know that I was ever really that great at it. I think sometimes I would take too much time into thinking about what the topic was. For example, this year when I thought about it so much that I failed to uh, even produce a speech at the end. But really like you need to find a topic that you sort of immediately click with that you're also able to continue talking about and thinking about for an extended period of time without getting tired of it. And you need like a real genuine passion in order for that to happen. And you also need a topic that it doesn't necessarily need to be something so ordinary or like universal, but it has to at least be accessible, even if it is super niche. It, it needs to like, you need to find a way to be able to connect it to any sort of audience. And I think that's why my beauty speech was so successful, because I think I was talking about some concepts that maybe are not like uh, obvious knowledge, obviously, as it was supposed to be 
and informative. But I do think every audience that I gave that speech to would at least have left hearing my speech with some sort of information that was valuable to them. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's some great uh, insight. I actually, we, we've, we've gone rounds about that, talked about like the, the difficulty of picking a yes. topic because, you know, I mean, it's you know, at some point it's like, you gotta, you just gotta jump on a topic, yeah. but you're not wrong. If you don't really care about it, if you're not really like excited about it, if you don't think that you can spend uh, several months with it, it's probably not the best topic. And so that can be the hardest part is finding a topic that you can actually stick with and really yes. enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we we kind of lucked out last year with the beauty topic because it just you you know. I think so. Yeah, I think I saw I just saw a TED talk or a YouTube video about I think probably wabi sabi, and I was like, that's cool. I'll write an, I will I'll write an informative about that, and it worked out thankfully. Yes, I think it's fair to say that sometimes you can get kind of bored with things fairly easily if they're not challenging to you or interesting to you, except for of course Animal Crossing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I can, I actually feel like I don't easily get bored necessarily, but particularly in oratory, what would happen, what has happened every year is I will write the speech and just so I can finish it, I'll just like continue rambling on just so I can have some sort of complete idea to present. But like a few tournaments in maybe, I'll realize, wow, this is really stupid. I actually don't agree with any of this, but then you have to keep going on like touting these ideas to so many audiences for a weekend. So that's really tough and it's why you definitely should pick a good topic. But even aside from that, like just making any topic work is just about taking a look at it from multiple perspectives and being able to make it interesting to everybody. Awesome. So like, let's go from the specific to the more general. What do you, what do you just really like about speech and debate? What's the best part? Speech and debate was really the most formative activity for me in high school. Every year writing a speech was like this time when I would really have to evaluate what I believed in and what matters to me, even if sometimes my opinion would be completely different by the end of the season after performing it so many times. But even that is kind of the most valuable part because you come into contact with so many ideas and concepts and you really are able to cultivate your own at the same time. And I just really loved being able to talk about what I think is important while also seeing what that is for other people my age. Speech and debate just gives us this platform to discuss important and engaging ideas that we don't really often get to explore in other areas of our lives. And I think it's just a really important activity for developing those skills intellectually and personally. Yeah, do you think that it's helped you a little bit on your journey academically and sort of Absolutely. where you're going? That's good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share about the speech and debate community at all? Well, I've got a chance to talk to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just a really wonderful community surrounding this activity, pretty much anywhere you go, I bet. Um, so obviously there's kind of a stereotypical speech and debate kid, but the spectrum of people who participate in it is actually pretty broad. Um, but despite like the range of people you'll meet consistently, they're all really smart and interesting and confident. And they're the kinds of people that you should want to spend your time with in high school. They really are just the best people you can meet at this point in your life while you're like going to school in like, for, for me particularly, like a small town in the middle of nowhere pretty much. Um, but the community is just really supportive. 
But at the same time, there's this constant sense of competition that just really motivates you and drives you to keep getting better, not just in speech, but also just in every aspect of your life. Well, thanks, Anna. I have one really serious question to close out the mm-hmm. debate, to close out this debate that we're having. <laughs> This discussion, maybe I shouldn't call this a debate. Or we could argue about something if you'd like. We could debate what's the best snack. We could debate what the best snack is. Yeah, we can debate actually because my answer for this question is actually a non-answer. Because Uh-oh. So since freshman year, I've always said that at tournaments, I run on purely water and adrenaline because no snack is a good snack at a speech and debate tournament. <laughs> so what's the logic behind this? Like so- why... <laughs> Why is no snack a good snack at a speech and debate tournament? So most of the food that you have access to at a tournament is like gas station snacks, pizza, and takeout. And any of that in conjunction with the nerves of public speaking is really a no-go unless you just want to feel incredibly nauseous for hours at a time while competing in public speaking. You make some valid points, but I, I would argue that that kind of food is the truest form of food for competition. So, yeah, and maybe. also I'm probably not a very healthy eater in general, so it's just sort of the kind of food that I'm used to. So I think it's fine. Oh, I mean, it is the food that I'm used to as well, but I think particularly at a speech and debate tournament, it really just makes you feel awful, which maybe is just a quintessential part of the experience is like, eating greasy food and then wanting to vomit the entire time you're performing. <laughs> I'm really selling it, aren't I? Yeah, no, you're doing a great job. It is, hey, it's a fair point. Like you don't go to compete in athletics and, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, go to a track meet <laughs> yeah. and sit around and eat a pizza or whatever, and then go sprint a 200 meter race. You can't do that. And yeah. the anxiety levels at tournaments can be pretty high. So, you know, I mean, it's not a terrible point that maybe by overeating, it just makes things worse. Yeah, it really is kind of just an intrinsic part of being in the activity, though, I think. Because obviously, like, I can want to just not eat for an entire tournament in order to avoid nausea. But, like, living in a human body obviously dictates that you need to uh, consume some sort of food. (laughs) So, yeah, every tournament really is just um, you eat a bunch of grease and you feel horrible for hours at a time. What about like preparation snack? Do you have something that, you, that, you know, some brain food that really feeds your, yeah. no, none of that. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't, I don't eat healthy in any area of my life. So at any time I'm getting something to eat at a speech and debate tournament, um, it's never with any sort of reason in mind. Like there have been multiple times where I've gotten a breakfast burrito before a tournament knowing from previous experiences that it's the worst food to eat before a tournament and still getting it anyway. I, well, I can definitely relate with that. Um, unfortunately, as I sit here and snack on Sour Patch Kids and drink one of these seltzer waters. So yeah, it doesn't make me feel good, but I continue to do it. So mm-hmm. what do you do? So in conclusion, no good speech and debate snack. You should just not eat. <laughs> That's the ideal path to take it, it might be the ideal path you might be right I just, uh, in, it's a hard I think, path it's a hard path not all of us can follow of course so. it's difficult yeah I, at least in comparison to the other options you have it's reasonably preferable i do have one more question for you so how is life right now in this whole covid19 situation for you personally how are you dealing with it um how you how you doing with school How's your anxiety level through all this? Yeah, I mean, I, it's 
absolutely crazy, of course. I've never gone through anything like this in my lifetime, and I think that goes for pretty much everybody. But for me personally, I think I can cope with this kind of situation maybe better than the average person because my ideal situation is just staying in my house doing nothing anyway. But as far as that goes for school, it's maybe not the best because I find difficulty in trying to motivate myself on my own. (laughs) But other than that, it really is great. I love staying in my room all day. And now that you have Animal Crossing coming after just one more sleep, one you sleep. your life will pretty much be complete. I'm it will, yes. Because I mean, you have been, there has been some social media that I've seen out there that would suggest that without Animal Crossing, you are a little bit frustrated. So <laughs> <laughs> that strange cat meme thing that I've seen you put out there. That's, mm, I don't know if I know what you're referring to. I it's just, pretty terrifying. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, really, though, after, after tomorrow morning, it's it's over for, I think, all other aspects of my life. Sweet. Well, thanks for talking to me, Hannah. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thank you. Thanks again to Hannah for dropping by the One Clap podcast. I'll definitely have to try to get her back on the podcast soon, but it may be more difficult now that she has her Animal Crossing switch. Congratulations to Hannah and the whole graduating class of 2020. I'm sure going to miss all of the students who are graduating here at Hot Springs County High School, and I I really wish them the best. This class is going to be a powerful force for good in the world. I just know it. Hey, be on the watch for another episode to drop this week. There's more speech and debate content coming your way. If you have any ideas, questions, or thoughts about what we can explore on the pod, please reach out on social media or email me at lylewiley at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please remember to be safe, be kind, and so much love to all the graduating class of 2020 from the One Clap Podcast.